This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. You know, you probably shouldn't start out shows as often as I do with the words, no, 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 right? Like, who wants to start out a show with something in the negative? That's not what you... But it's so important that we debunk the debunkers that sometimes starting out the show with a triple no is necessary. What do I mean? Folks, we're going to cover a couple of things today. We covered that disturbing, stunning, explosive video out of Georgia of ballots being processed without observers present on the Friday show. The show went um, nuclear. It was one of our most watched, listened to shows ever. And all of a sudden, I kid you not, when I'm done with the show, I go downstairs. I'm trying to get a workout in. I'm doing the little elliptical thing. And I start reading all these fact checkers. They're back. Fact checkers. Georgia video of alleged voter fraud. Debunked. Debunked. No worries, folks. Debunked. Debunked. So we're going to debunk the debunkers today because nothing's been debunked. Um, I'm also going to debunk a theory when I open up the show today. I saw on social media from a journalist about how, get a load of this, folks. You're all going to abandon Trump if he loses this election. You're all going to abandon him. It's over. It's over for Trump. You haven't heard? Joe, have you heard? Don't answer yet. Nobody knows you're there. All right, folks. Today's show brought to you by our friends at ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity from prying eyeballs today. Get a VPN. Don't wait especially around the holidays. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, of course you can talk now. Everybody knows you're here. How are you on this Monday after this long weekend? Fine, sir. I'm doing very well, and I'm surprised at how many things we have to talk about today. I didn't I know so you, much happened. You said to me before the show, you yeah. thought it was a slow news weekend. I did. Um, but you know what? It, maybe it was, but on Friday, right after we stopped recording, I saw that article. It's been debunked, Joe. Don't worry, it's been debunked. And I thought, oh, I can't you. wait to get back on the air on Monday. Yeah, and show you the scam. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to it. We got All a loaded right, show. We do. We got a lot of material. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Duke Cannon. As a kid, opening your holiday gifts was a thrill like no other. We all remember that. As an adult, it's mostly just feigning enthusiasm about more socks. I love socks, personally. To recapture that excitement, you have to take matters into your own hands and get used to what you really want. I'll tell you what I like a whole lot more than socks. A grooming gift set from our pals at Duke Cannon. If you listen to this show, you know about the Duke. Big hit on date night in the house here. Take, for example, the Frothy the Beer Man gift set. That's right. It's three big-ass bricks of soap infused with beer and booze. Look at this. I have them right here. Here's their beer, their beer soap collection. <laughs> ah, you can't beat it. And even though they're made with hair of the dog, they smell extra civilized like citrus oak barrel and sandalwood. It's a great gift from you to you. Make sure to pat yourself on the back and smell like manhood. Pat yourself on the back, smell like victory and manhood. Or you could go with the beard that stole Christmas gift set, beard wash, and two beard oils that'll clean and soften even the hardest working scruff. 
It's only $20. It'll make your beard feel like a million. Santa would approve. We hope you enjoy opening up an American, our American-made products, the Frothy the Beer Man gift sets modeled after the candy-infused gift books of Christmas past. This instant family heirloom contains 30 ounces of booze-inspired premium soaps that, in fact, smell nothing like booze. Big-ass beer soap made with old Milwaukee, the big-ass beer soap. And the big American bourbon soap. The beard that stole Christmas gift set. These treasured keepsake contains the three necessary tools for the man cultivating a world champion beard. These gifts will be a huge hit. Check them out. We love them. They smell great. Here's their solid cologne. That's a big hit in my house on date night. Yes. Holiday gift sets like the Frothy the Beer Man and Beard the Stole Christmas set are a great way to show yourself some appreciation this year. So next time you're out shopping, treat yourself to a little Duke cannon. You'll be glad you did. You can also visit Duke, D-U-K-E, Canon, C-A-N-N-O-N.com, and use code, what is that, Holiday Dan, Paula? Holiday Dan, right? That's what it says? Sorry. Holiday Dan for 10% off. Holiday Dan for 10% off. DukeCanon.com. Use code Holiday Dan for 10% off. All right, folks. Joe, let's go. Yep. I usually say, all right, Joe, let's go. But, you know, ah. folks, someone told me once when I was doing terrestrial radio never to use the word folks. I'm yeah. sorry, can't. Any radio rules I've thrown out the window a long time ago, I think we've shown yeah, they're all garbage anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, right? Joe, Joe's grown up in radio, so he knows. Let me get to this first. Before I get to the Georgia debunking the debunkers uh, segment, I want to cover this. I was scrolling through social media this morning when I do my show preparation because I like to see what media folks and leftists are saying. Uh, and I saw this, and this is a triple no, no, no. This is totally inaccurate, and I'm going to tell you why. I saw this tweet on uh, on uh, social media from Josh Crashauer, and it's the it's not his words. It's he's citing an article to be crystal clear. That's it's not his words. He's just citing this article in the New Yorker. But this analysis in this article is absolutely 100% totally off base. The gist of it is. We're all going to abandon Trump if he loses this election. It's over for Trump. Forget it. He's going to be a non-entity. Here's the quote. It's from this New Yorker piece. The piece is entitled Donald Trump, George Wallace, and the Influence of Losers. That's uh, quite the title right there. Quote, Trump had no inkling what it was like to be president before he won the office in 2016. Come February, he may be stunned again this time by the speed at which former loyalists distanced themselves. Okay. That, ladies and gentlemen, again, it's not Crash Hour's words. He's citing someone else in The New Yorker, is asinine. The gist of it is very simple, that Trump's going to find out if he loses this election after Biden is sworn in, that everybody's going to abandon him. He's going to be a man on an island, and it's going to be over for him, winking a nod. My humble opinion is this is more wishful thinking, Joe, than anything. Yeah. Why is that analysis, in fact, incorrect, Mundo? Well, let me give you three reasons from personal experience. And folks, I promise you, this is not me patting myself on the back to be pretentious. Look who I know. No, I want to throw this out the window and show you that this is them suggesting you abandon Trump, not actually believing what they say that you're going to abandon Trump. Everybody clear? This is a narrative. This is not a truth-telling exercise. Reason number one I want to give is, well, number one, the base believes this election was stolen. Trump supporters don't believe he lost. I don't believe he lost. I just don't. I don't believe it based on voter uh, voter signature verification, historically low rejection rates, uh, series of affidavits we've had based on malfeasance. I, I just don't believe it at this point. You're going to have to show me 
and thoroughly discredit these allegations before I believe he lost this election. I'm, I'm not listening to you. I know these media people who talked about the PP hoax and all that other stuff want us to say it's a conspiracy. It's not a conspiracy theory. We have sworn affidavits from boatloads of people showing that there were serious anomalies in this election. And I feel like if we're all going to have to believe what they say happened, happened, you're going to have to show us that that stuff is nonsense. Right. So again, Joe, reason number one, this is nonsense is in order for Trump to be a loser, wouldn't you agree, Joe? His supporters have to believe he lost. Just asking. I mean, yeah. it's just kind of a common sense it's question. Kind of basic. Joe doesn't believe it. Paula doesn't. <laughs> Let me tell you, of this crew, the person who believes it even the least is Paula. I don't believe it. Paula's like gung-ho with this. She is. She is like horse blinders on to the wall. You fill in the blank, although she doesn't have them. She doesn't believe this mm. at all. Yeah. She even she's laughing. You can't think Trump is a loser and abandon him if you don't think he lost. Not rocket surgery. It's a joke. That's reason number one. Reason number two. Trump has never disappointed his base. The reason presidents in the past who've lost have lost influence after the, if they've left office and even those who haven't lost, Bill Clinton won two terms. They use in that new, I'm not putting the New Yorker piece up because I'm not giving them clicks. I'm very sorry. You can look it up yourself if you're interested. I'm not giving them clicks. One of the examples they cite is how quickly Bill Clinton lost influence after he left, left office, even after winning. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason Bill Clinton lost because people realized he was a phony. I did not have mm, relations with that woman. Ah, Blue dress said otherwise. Uh, people didn't believe him. They thought he was a phony and a fraud. You can't have the Me Too crowd believing in the Me Too crowd while also believing in Bill Clinton. Eh, Me Too, Bill Clinton, Blue Jana. Na na na, na na na. We could do some more diagrammatics and gesticulations, but we're going to pass to keep it family friendly. Trump has never let his base down. He said he'd build the wall. He built the wall. Said he's going to cut taxes. He cut taxes. Said he was going to appoint conservative justices. We got three on the Supreme Court and hundreds elsewhere. Said he was going to cut regulations. He did that. There were a few things I'd like to improve. It wasn't perfect. Record on the debt's not very good. But you're never going to get everything out of a politician who has to work with other politicians who are phonies. Trump's had to work with a bunch of frauds up on Capitol Hill. But Trump didn't sell his base out. And ladies and gentlemen, to be candid, he never changed when he got into office. Ever. Barack Obama ran for, listen, love him or hate his politics. Barack Obama did not run for office the first time. I'm sorry this will disappoint you, but go back and the data is clear. He's still on video. He did not run as a Bernie Sanders leftist. He didn't. Barack Obama didn't support gay marriage. He ran against government takeover of the healthcare system. The guy was a radical leftist, period, full stop, case closed, Obama. I'm simply telling you that's not how he ran the first time. But when he got into office, what did he do? He became a radical leftist. So large swaths of moderate Democrats turned around after Obama left and did what, Joe? Voted for Trump. Mm -hmm. There were tons of counties that were Obama counties in the United States that turned around and then supported Donald Trump. So reason number one, the base isn't going to abandon Trump because they consider him a loser because they don't believe he lost. 
Reason number two, they're not going to abandon Trump because Trump never abandoned them. He is the same exact person with the same exact tweets and the same exact bravado and machismo, whether you like it or not, that he was before he got in. Finally, and I'll move on to the Georgia tapes. This is important. Don't go anywhere. This Georgia segment, we're going to eviscerate the debunkers. Folks, on a personal note, and I wrote this, I responded back on social media to Josh's tweet. Trump has done something in office that I have never seen another president do, and I'm in a unique position to comment on this. I worked for three U.S. presidents. I've seen them up close and personal in their best and worst moments. Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and Barack Obama. That's a fact. That's not an opinion. I've seen them at their what they perceive to be their finest hours and sometimes not so great either, if you know what I mean. Trump was different. Let me tell you a quick story, if I may. Be fast, I promise. When I was working on Jenna Bush's details, the Secret Service agent, I was down in South America and I was bit by a mosquito and I caught dengue fever, which was pretty horrific. They call it breakbone fever for a reason. It earned its title. It needs a raise, as a matter of fact. It earns its, believe me, it, it was the worst thing I've had up until now. It was like a month of hell. I lost 20 pounds, et cetera, et cetera. At the time, you know, I was working for the White House, obviously George W. Bush White House. It's not a knock on him. He has no obligation to do this, but I certainly didn't expect him to call me. I was a low-level agent. But you know, no one from the White House called at all. Not a staffer, not a low-level staffer. No one to say, hey, Dan, how are you doing? I was really sick, folks. No one. They were under no obligation. And candidly, folks, I'm not kidding. I never thought anything about that. I never expected them. I never thought anything about that until this recent health thing I'm going through now. Where I was in up in Memorial Sloan Kettering getting a seven centimeter tumor removed from my neck and my phone rang a half an hour before I went in. It was President Trump. That's not a joke. How are you doing? How can I help? By the way, he didn't rush me after. It wasn't a perfunctory call. Like, hey, how you doing? Okay, buddy, got to go. Got a Mideast peace deal to negotiate. No, no, it was none of that. It was about five, 10 minutes. What can I do? How can I help? Is there any call I can make? Do you need anything? You think I'm going to abandon him? You think Trump loyalists are going to run for the hills? A guy who took, during, by the way, it was like at 10 o'clock in the morning. It wasn't like 10 at night when he had nothing to do. And that's not the first time, ladies and gentlemen, that's happened. Can I tell you another quickie? I'm sorry. I don't mean to bog you down with personal stories. But again, I want to refute this ridiculous hypothesis that President Trump's loyalists like me are going to abandon him if he doesn't prevail in this election. I'm not going anywhere. And I'm not the only one he's called like that either. Not by a long shot. I never got a call from anyone else, ever. Forget about them, not even from their staffs, ever. After President Trump's first debate with Joe Biden, I never told this story, but I'll tell it now. And forgive me, I hope I'm not violating any. Don't want to ask me not to say anything. I got a FaceTime call. Not a joke. You know I don't lie to you. Right after the debate. I had done an appearance on Sean Hannity's show. It was late because I remember the debate went till 11 and Hannity went from 11 to 12 Eastern, uh, unlike his normal nine o'clock time. 
So I have my phone right here in this studio on Do Not Disturb. So I, after I turned off the camera, Hannity was over. I look and I saw missed call. It was a FaceTime call. It was from President Trump. Not a joke. I called back, spoke to him on Air Force One via FaceTime. And he said, I just want to tell you, I really appreciate what you said on the Hannity show about me. You know, I know, I listen, I get all, I'm like the most emotional, you know, square-headed, block-headed, weightlifting <laughs> dude you've ever met in your life. I'm sorry. I wish I was tougher about this stuff. I'm not. I do have a thin skin. You think I'm going to abandon this guy? He calls me after his first debate. That's not a joke. I have the phone record. Calls me to thank me about a comment I made about his debate before. Who does that? And you think I'm going to abandon him? And by the way, I'm not special there. What do I mean? I'm not the only one he's done that to. Has there ever been a president who'd called a podcast host like me? Listen, I love what I do. We have a very powerful platform, but I understand my space in the world. I understand it. I'm not the president of the United States. I'm not anywhere close to it. He called little old Dan Bongino to see how his surgery was going to go. You think I'm going to abandon him? And throw him aside after a successful record and not being a sellout because some clown at the New Yorker said so? Good luck with that. You have grossly misinterpreted his support base. All right, let me get to this Georgia stuff. Spend a little more time on that than I planned on. Forgive me for the personal stories again, but I just want you to understand the guy this President Trump really is when you're done with the pee-pee tape nonsense. The real person is far different than you've been led to believe, and I know you understand that. All right, um, let me get to my second sponsor because this Georgia video stuff has just gotten out of control. It has not been debunked, and we're going to just eviscerate all these claims one by one, producing court documents, video, tweets, and evidence afterwards. You're going to love this segment. Uh, today's show also brought to you by our friends at Omaha Steaks. Uh, thank you for all the positive feedback. You know I love we're an Omaha Steaks household. It's the only meat we'll eat. But why? Because it's the most delicious out there, and the prices are incredible. Folks, if this 2020 holiday season feels like it's been a long time coming, make it worth the wait. Send the perfect gift. Send yourself something special and bring families together for a delicious Omaha Steak holiday feast. The Deluxe Grillers Assortment. It includes a variety of entrees, sides, and desserts, including the Omaha Steaks Butcher's Cut Filet Mignons. Delicious. I just, I, the only reason I don't like it is because I, 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 your mouth waters every time. These beauties are perfectly aged, hand-carved, and famously fork-tender. Fork tender. Get this mouthwatering package plus four free delicious Omaha Steaks burgers and a free digital meat thermometer at an exclusive price available only to my listeners. That's a discount of over 50%. Five zero. Go to omahasteaks.com. Enter the code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O in the search bar to get this amazing deal. All of the world-class steaks, burgers, chops, delicious, delectable, juicy, fork tender. Deliver it to your door as a gift, and they're backed by a 100% unconditional money-back guarantee. Send it to your friends, Omaha Steaks, and then go over and eat there. It's the greatest thing ever. Greatest thing ever. It's not just steak. It's a guaranteed fantastic gift and a safe way to share the joy of the season. Don't forget when you order the Deluxe Grillers Assortment, you'll also get four free Omaha Steaks burgers and a free digital meat thermometer with my code Bongino at omahasteaks.com. Enter it in the search bar, a deal you won't find anywhere else. Omahasteaks.com. Type B-O-N-G-I-N-O in the search bar, B-O-N-G-I-N-O in the search bar to shop the best 
gourmet gifts of the season. All right, thanks, Omaha Steaks. So getting back to the show. So the Georgia video we showed on Friday was taken at State Farm Arena in Georgia. The video we showed on Friday, we'll show a little bit of it again within this news coverage of it, um, appears to show what it showed. The authenticity of the video is not in question. There's a video camera of observers not being in the room who are supposedly counting the vote, watching the vote counting in state for none of these facts are in dispute. Okay. The observers leave vote counting continues and cases full of ballots, whether they were suitcases or official ballot cases to me, that's irrelevant. say they were official ballot. I don't really care. They get, we're in, we're, are wheeled out from under a table and processed without the observers present. That video stunned everyone Friday. The show went bonkers. Watch Friday's show if you missed it. Got 243,000 views on Rumble alone. Everybody panicked, Joe. How do I know? How do I always know we're over the target with the media hacks and the leftists? I always know by their response to something like the video. Right after I got off the air, the fact checkers, liberal, which are really opinion checkers, jumped in and said, video has been totally debunked. Here's a news clip from a Georgia station down there, down in Georgia, of local uh, officials attempting to debunk the video. And hilariously, I call, <laughs> I call this the worst debunking ever, hilariously confirming everything in the video, acknowledging that a call did come in to the election official at the scene. That's one. Acknowledging, number two, that ballots will pull per- from under the table. They don't dispute that at all in the video. That's number two. That's the deuce. And acknowledging number three, that there were no observers. But Joe, don't worry. It's been totally debunked. Don't all worry right. about it. Check this out. This, this is it. This is the debunking. This is hilarious. Check it out. You can see that table being brought into the room at 8.22 a.m. Nothing underneath. No hidden suitcases. Then we can see at 10 p.m. with the room full of people, including official monitors in the media, as ballots that have been opened but not counted are placed in the boxes, sealed up, and stored under the table. The reason? Employees thought they were done for the night. They were planning on going home. Yes. As you can tell by the fact that they're sealing everything up and preparing to leave. Here's where there was confusion. Media and observers left as employees packed up. But this phone call changed that. Bolton's election director called the supervisor here to say, keep working, keep counting. After the secretary of state's office called him to say, you shouldn't stop this early. That's when employees pulled these containers of ballots back out, the so-called smoking gun video, and went back to work. These are the same ballots official monitors watched them put away. No magical appearing ballots. These were ballots that were processed in front of the monitors, put in the boxes in front of the monitors, and placed there in front of the monitors. So what about that gap? Well, this is what happened during the roughly an hour before an official state observer returned. Employees scanned ballots. These are just typical everyday election workers who are just doing their jobs. I mean, it's not like (laughs) this is an Ocean's Eleven level scheme that was put together in the middle of the night. Now, there was about an hour there before the state monitor, the state official monitor got back. But if you watch that video, you see what they're doing. They're scanning those ballots. The state election lead investigator looked at all that video, hours of it, says she sees no evidence whatsoever of any wrongdoing. That, I, I, did, uh, how, I don't understand how that's a debunking. Trump supporters like me have said observers were not there for an hour while ballots that were suspiciously stored under a table were then in fact counted, all of which is confirmed 
by a local news report that claims to debunk what we said. Huh? I, Paula, Paula, jump. <laughs> Am I? Did you hear what I just heard? They don't discredit any of that. <laughs> They're like, yes, there was an hour window where there was no observer. Yes, they claimed they were going to stop counting and continued counting. And yes, the ballots were taken from under the table. But don't worry, after I finished the show on Friday and was doing my elliptical because my knees hurt and I can't run anymore. Don't worry. Somebody said at Lead Stories, which is a total joke of a website. I think it was Alan Duke and uh, Haley something. They said it's been entirely debunked. So let's stick to the facts here, because obviously we can't rely on leftist fact checkers like lead stories to do any actual work here outside of opinions. Am I suggesting to you that that was fraudulent vote counting? I can't because I don't have that evidence. Am I suggesting to you I do have evidence that observers left There was suspicious activity around a pipe burst where there was no pipe burst. That counting continued when they said counting was going to stop and that ballots were pulled from a suspicious location underneath the table. All of those are facts. Now, proving to you again, because I know there are liberals that listen to this show who have blockheads and titanium-coated skulls, facts, boom, bounce right off like Captain America's vibranium shield. Here's an actual court filing. Hat tip, uh, Yossi Gestetner and and, uh, Mike Cernovich, by the way, who did some good homework on this. Here's an actual court filing where the Secretary of State Raffensperger's office admits there were basically no monitors there. He says observers and media were not asked to leave. They simply left on their own. Oh, so they weren't there. They're not there, okay? They they left on the run when they saw one group of workers whose job was only to open the envelopes and who had completed the task also leave. So it's clear the workers, keep this up for for me, Paul. It's clear the workers, the observers watching the vote count folks, see these other uh, voter uh, election workers leave. They think they're done counting and they leave. So the Secretary of State agrees there was no observer there. It's in the court filing. Then it goes on at the end. When the counting continued later in the night, those boxes were open so that the ballots inside could then be counted. What's debunked? That's a sworn court filing where the Georgia Secretary of State's office admits observers left and votes were counted from under the table. What's that? What, how is that debunked? What, what am, I, am, I, am I missing something? Listen. My brain might not be as quick the last two weeks as it was a few weeks ago, but I'm still doing okay. I'm still doing okay. The espresso works. The three cups. The Jura makes great press house coffee in there. <laughs> Freebie. I'm doing okay in the processing speed. What's RAM stand for? It could be random access memory. My wife's a genius. Is that what it stands for, RAM? Hey, my RAM is okay. We're doing all right. The court filing admits it. Now, the Federalist, the great Molly Hemingway, has an outstanding piece. I know I was going to go to the, no, let me go to the ABC because I would drive my poor wife crazy. Let me stick in order. People in Georgia who are anti-Trump hacks are still insisting that the observers were not sent home. 
that we're supposed to watch the vote count late tonight with the ballots from under the table. They're still insisting that that's been debunked. Um, why did ABC News then tweet this? Look at the date on this tweet. 11-3-20. Joe, I'm just going to double check with you mm-hmm. as the audience on Buzzman. That is election day, correct? Yeah, um, 11 3 Paul is nodding her head too. Uh-huh. Thank you, Joe. Uh, always there for me in, in the clutch. No problem. Uh, 11-34 p.m. This is an actual tweet, not a joke, from ABC Politics. At ABC Politics, you can scroll down their Twitter feed if you'd like to see it yourself. Again, the anti-Trump are saying nobody was sent home. No observers were sent home while counting happened. Uh, quote, ABC News politics on election night at 1134 p.m. Eastern time. New. The election department sent home the ballot counters at State Farm Arena in Atlanta at 1030 p.m. Regina Waller, the Fulton County Public Affairs Manager for Elections, tells ABC News. Hmm. Now, Joe, I know you're not super active on social media like I am. No. Although he does his thing. Much no Either is Paula. I got to get her sometimes a post. She posted a cool picture of the doggy on her parlor, by the way. Just for a side note. But Twitter loves to put this tweet is disputed. Yeah. The election. Why is that tweet not in dispute? Twitter, I'm a Jack Dorsey. You're into dispute. Your anti-Trump people are saying we're making this up that vote observers, election observers were sent home. So if ABC is telling us that the election supervisor told them they sent the vote observers home, then why is that tweet still up? Is that fake news? Is that in dispute? I don't get it. Because, Joe, again, just checking, Mm -hmm. these two things can't be true at the same time. That vote observers weren't sent home and vote observers were sent home. Yeah, very difficult. Yeah, very difficult. Probably impossible. Thank you. Uh Joe's got, I mean, seriously, Stephen Hawking (laughs) levels of genius. It's very difficult to make cricket dog activities, if you know what I mean. It it doesn't work. The equipment doesn't connect. Uh -uh. ABC reports, vote observers were sent home at 1030. Anti-Trump lunatics and fact checks report, nobody was sent home. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, let's go to the Federalist. The great Molly Hemingway, who has a terrific piece on debunking the debunking. That you must read in the show notes today. Please read this in the show notes. How do you get the show notes? Bongino.com slash newsletter. The newsletter is the show notes. We're almost at 300,000 subscribers, which is huge. Read this article there. Molly Hemingway. The great Molly Hemingway. No, the Georgia vote counting video was not, quote, debunked. Not even close. A big tech back fact-checking outfit claimed to debunk the explosive evidence for Republican claims of significant election problems in Georgia. It didn't. Molly goes into this as well, that it's quite odd that the news media reported that night where the ballots pulled out from under the table were counted with no observers, that the news media reported the observers were sent home and are now debunking that the observers were sent home despite reporting that the observers were sent home. From the Federalist piece, it's a must read. Here is the head of the Georgia Republican Party, the chairman, a guy named the name of David Schaefer, who has been consistent on this from day one. Look at the date on his tweet. November 4th, 2 p.m. For those following along at home who are liberals, that's the day after Election Day at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Here's what David Schaefer, the head of the Georgia GOP, said happened at the State Farm Arena where the video was taken that was allegedly debunked. He said, quote, next day after Election Day, Fulton County told our observers last night to go home. 
because they were closing up and then continued to count ballots in secret. But uh, you know what? Let me read the rest of this in Molly's piece. I saw, <laughs> I saw you there. The claim, which has been repeated consistently, this claim by Mr. Schaefer here, is backed by sworn affidavits, meaning they raised their hand liberals and swore to it, of two Republican observers who further alleged they were kept at an unreasonable distance from the ballots, even when they were at the arena, making it impossible to meaningfully do their jobs. Again, how was the video debunked? Observers weren't sent home. The head of the GOP reported the day after they were sent home. Sworn affidavits say they were sent home. The video shows the observers not there, meaning they were sent somewhere that wasn't there. Here, not here. You don't have to go home, folks, but you can't stay here. The famous closing line at every bar. They weren't there. And the news reported that night that the observers weren't there. So again, please explain to me, lead stories, fact checkers, how you're not the one that needs to be fact-checked? The Federalist piece goes on. By the way, there's no Twitter label on any of this stuff about the ABC's fake news or anything, because Twitter's a joke and a farce and a scam. Trump and Schaefer have serious allegations, by the way, coming out of Georgia. I'm not going to read through this whole thing. You can read in the piece, but that some of these votes, the votes they allege to be fraudulent, came from... 2,560 felons, 66,000 underage registrants, 2,400 people who were not on the state's voter rolls, 4,900 who registered in another state after registering in Georgia, 395 who cast votes in another state, 15,700 who had filed a national change of address form without re-registering, 40,000 people who'd moved counties without re-registering, 1,000 who claimed the physical impossibility of a PO box as their address, 98 who registered after the deadline, and 10,000 people who were deceased on election day. Wow. That's a whole lot of suspected fraudulent voters in the state. Joe Biden won, air quotes, by 12,000 votes. 10,000 of them could have been dead. Again, no need to beat that dead horse, pun intended. But it's really hard to vote when you're dead. Very hard. Oxygenation of the brain is low. You can't think straight. The heart's not effectively pumping anything. The <laughs> whole muscular scale, AZ bands thing, sarcomeres stuff. None of that stuff, dendrites, axons, none of that stuff's actually working because you're dead. So it makes it really hard to vote. But no, no, let's not look any into any of that at Fulton County, which has had problems in the past with election voting because this video, don't worry, folks, has been debunked despite us clearly debunking the debunkers trying to debunk the video. Let me get to some additional court filings for those of you who say, no, no, um, the observers were there, despite affidavits they weren't there, video showing them leaving. The media acknowledged they left. And the state GOP chairman acknowledging the acknowledgement that they left. You may still believe, no, the observers were there when all this suspicious stuff happened. So let's go to an additional court filing. This is by the chief investigator, Hat Tip Cernovich for this, by the way, that's his highlights, from the secretary of state's office who looks into voter fraud. This is a court filing. Again, liberals, that means someone actually swore to this. The Georgia Secretary of State's office opened an investigation into the State Farm Marina incident. The investigation revealed that the incident initially reported as a water leak late in the evening on November 3rd was actually a, a urinal. That, that word always makes me laugh. I'm sorry. A urinal. That is oh, for all kinds of really silly juvenile reasons. That had overflowed early in the morning of November 3rd and did not affect the counting of votes by Fulton County later that evening. 
So now, just to be clear, come back to me here. The head investigator for the Secretary of State's office, if you missed it, I covered this last week. In that same arena, a press report went out that vote counting had stopped, the observers had left, and that the vote counting had stopped because there was a pipe that had burst in the arena. I already covered this in depth. Later on, text messages revealed that there was no pipe burst at all. It was a minor incident. Now we found out investigations uh, by their actual office concluded that they stopped counting due to a pipe burst that wasn't a pipe burst at all, but a urinal that had overflowed. I mean, we don't call a toilet bowl a crapinal. So why do we call it a urinal? I, I never got that. Like you're, It's like the, the, I can't take the word. Can we think of a different name? Like a pee-pee thing or something? The, so a urinal overflowed? I worked in the 7-5 precinct as a cop in East New York, Brooklyn. The pee-pee device overflowed every day. We didn't stop policing. You came in and you fixed the thing. Juggle the handle, do whatever. We stopped vote counting in the biggest election in modern human history because a urinal was overflowing. Huh? This makes sense to you? A pipe burst. No pipe burst. A pee-pee collector was overflowing. So we stopped counting votes and sent observers home and nobody's curious about this at all. It's like, I can't believe you. Why do you do this to yourself? I know, I can read her mind. No, nobody's curious about this at all. Don't worry, we stopped counting. We sent observers home, took out a bunch of ballots from underneath the table after the observers left, counted those ballots, and then we told everyone a pipe burst when it was a pee-pee collector that was running a little hot. And don't worry, no big deal, folks. Woo, right over your head. Let's not look into that at all. Let's debunk the story after you got debunked, debunking in your attempt at debunking. Let's go to court filing number two, the same chief investigator who again acknowledges for the 467,000th time during this show that the observers who were supposed to be watching the vote counting when the suspicious urinal incident happened and everybody got sent home, that the observers, in fact, despite, I mean, video evidence showing them not there, them saying in court, because we have to attest it, that in fact, they were not there. Here it is again, another, because this is a different court filing than the other one. They discovered that observers in the media were not asked to leave. They simply left on their own when they saw one group of workers whose job it was to open envelopes and who had completed that task also leave. Here we go again, just in case you needed it the second time. The workers and the observers were not there. Have we done a thorough job eviscerating the fake fact check? Now you know the fact check scam. And now you know why I covered, what was it, a couple weeks ago on the show or last week? Why Trump loyalists and Republicans in general, when they see a fact check on Facebook, believe the story even more, not less. Because we know you're full of stuff. All right, I'm going to move on. Um, I got another story kind of semi-related to this because, you know, again, everybody's telling us to move on in the left-wing hack media. Move on. The election's over. Biden's mm -hmm. the president-elect. The media doesn't announce the president-elect. But you know what's really weird, Joe? The media wants us to move on despite strong evidence of malfeasance in this election. Move on, folks. You're all confessing. Yeah. They want you to move on. But when it comes to defending a Democrat congressional seat, the media is strangely quiet outside of a few right-leaning outlets 
about a contested election the Democrats want you to contest. Wait, wait, wait. I thought we're not contesting huh? yeah. elections. I thought that's a conspiracy theory. I, uh, Joe, that's what you heard, right? Yeah. I thought we're not contesting right. elections. No, 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 Joe. If it's a Democrat who could win, you definitely contest the election because Democrats are frauds. Ah. Oh, wait. You're going to love this story. Let me get to my third sponsor today. Our friends at Raycon. These are mine. Folks, I spent a lot of time on the phone with Parler and Rumble and business opportunities and the podcast and everything and negotiations going on. And I don't like putting the phone up to my ear because I have my bad elbows. Not a joke. I mean, I'm not kidding. I can't really reach. So I'm on my Raycon earbuds all day. These things stay charged forever. The sound is priceless. I also like listen to them uh, when I'm traveling around, put, uh, put some music on and just totally cool out. 2020 is throwing us for a loop. The holidays. Lots of my go-to gifts are non-starters this year. Event tickets, certain dining gift cards. It's not going to happen. After everything that happened this year, I want to get everyone on my list a gift that they'll actually use and love. And they look really cool too. I needed this. I'm going to use this. The silver bullet idea, Raycon wireless earbuds. Again, these are mine right here. Love them. I wear these things out. They are still kicking strong. These are about a year and a half old. With seamless Bluetooth pairing and a comfortable noise isolating fit. These are the only ones that don't fall out of my ears. You can start listening right out of the box and keep listening for hours. The pairing is super simple. The audio quality is incredible. Comparable to what you get from other premium brands, brands with an exception. Raycons start at half the price. Best of all, this is something you can use for calls, music, work, play, at home, on the go. Even when I'm on TV, sometimes I plug them in. It's a gift that keeps on giving. And if they already have a pair of wireless earbuds, you always need a spare. You need a better spare. Go to Raycon. Raycon's being really generous for the holidays. So on top of their everyday great prices, they're offering my listeners 15% off right now. This is a fantastic gift. Great stocking stuff. Or go to buyraycon.com slash Bongino today. Get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buy, B-U-I, Raycon, R-A-Y-C-O-N.com slash Bongino. Buyraycon.com slash Bongino today. Great gift. You're going to love them. I promise you. All right. So again, you know, the hacks in the media are ignoring all this evidence we show them and they're telling us, move on. It's un-American to contest elections even when you have evidence of malfeasance. Apparently not when it could involve costing the Democrats a congressional seat in the House. Well, what's going on out in Iowa too? Iowa's second congressional district. Well, let me explain to you in a nutshell what's going on. The Democrats lost the seat out there by six votes. Not a joke, not 60. Not 600, literally, not figuratively, six votes they lost the seat. There's a piece in the Wall Street Journal today by the editorial board saying, well, now who's contesting elections? I thought we weren't supposed to contest elections. The Democrats' House could overturn results in Iowa and New York. The hypocrisy here is stunning. We present to you a videotape of suspicious malfeasance in the most important election of our lifetime. The hacks and lunatics in the media and the Democrats are like, we don't dare contest elections, it's un-American. Yet in this Iowa race where they lost, the race has already been certified, they lost to a Republican mm -hmm. by six votes, the Democrats are now pulling this stunt. Folks, hold your horses, as my grandmother used to say, God rest her soul, Eileen Sadler, she was the greatest. The Democrats are doing something here so crazy. You're going to scratch your head and be like, Dan, you're making this up. I am not. Before I get to the screenshot from the piece, there is a little known 1969 statute, federal statute, that in essence allows the House of Representatives, Congress, that part of the Congress, to select their members. The law is a little bit more detailed than that. 
But in the end, it gives them basically ultimate authority, not reviewable by a judge to pick their own members. You're like, Dan, that sounds very non-democratic. No, it's an actual law. I, Joe, you heard, I had not heard of this. I, I, no. I, when I don't know, I don't know. I had never heard of this before. Not only that, Joseph, huh. apparently this law has actually been used before in 1984-85 in Indiana, where an election for Congress was tied. Yeah. And the House used this law to say, no, no, we're picking a Democrat. It was a, That I do remember. It was a big scandal back in the day. It's never been used since. But the House said, no, the law says we can pick our members. It's not reviewable by court. The Democrat's our guy. They're trying this scam again. No way. I'm not kidding. I'm not messing with you. From the Wall Street Journal, please. Don't forget this law. They can pick their folks, even though the Republican won in Iowa too. The Iowa race was decided by six votes. The counting went on for, for weeks as 24 counties canvassed and re-canvassed over 390,000 ballots. Lawyers from both sides haggled with election officials over machine counting, ballot qualifications, and voter intent. Wait, I thought we weren't supposed to do that. <laughs> Uh, of course not. They're hypocrite Democrats. Normally, this exhaustive process would end matters, but not this year. Miss Hart, who is the Democrat, this is the this was the incumbent. Her campaign said it will bypass an Iowa court appeal. In other words, they're not going to the court. The Democrat who lost the congressional seat in Iowa wants to go right to the House Committee on Administration to intervene. The House has final say because of this law on its members' elections, and the Supreme Court's held the court cannot intervene in these decisions under the Constitution's Article 1. Ah, so let me get this straight. I'm trying to digest all this in my broken GI tract just to take this all in. <laughs> we present video evidence of what looks like a huge scam. You ignore the whole thing. You lie about the tape despite court filings and video. You tell us we need to move on and not contest an election. You legitimately lose an election, albeit by a small margin. It's been canvassed and recant. You lost by six, vote, six votes. And the Democrat congresswoman who lost doesn't even take it to court. She wants to go right to the House to use the 1969 law just to give her the seat, despite the fact that she lost. And we're all supposed to just be like, no, nah, no, nah, it's cool. It's the Democrats. Cool, cool, cool. The Democrats. But they can't say, cool, cool. No problem. The Democrats contest the election. No problem at all. They're, they're, literally trying to steal the election. Literally. She's not even going to court, the Democrat law. She's no, no, I don't want court. I just want them to give it to me. Yeah, but you lost. Yeah, but that's okay. I'm a Democrat. We don't really lose. Why are the Democrats even entertaining this? And well, I mean, I'm staying on this story. I'm not going anywhere with this because we will, if contesting elections is cool, which I don't need your permission. I'll contest whatever I want. So you can, you know, double barrel on that one. But I just want to point out what ridiculous hypocrites. Send this story to your Democrat friends. I thought I thought we weren't I thought we weren't contesting elections. What about the Congresswoman Hart race in Iowa too? They're, they're contesting that, but they lost on a canvas, on a re-canvas, on a canvas of the re-canvas canvas. They lost, and now they want to steal it. Here's what's really going on: If they lose this race in New York 22, which is another race they're contesting, Claudia Tenney's race with Brindisi, if the Democrats lose those races. Joe, they will have 222 House members. Mm -hmm. That will be the slimmest margin of a Democrat of any majority for any party in the House of Representatives in decades. They won't be able to lose anyone on a House vote. But what's the real problem? 
The real problem is moderate Democrats, or those who claim to be moderate, don't want to vote for Nancy Pelosi again for speaker because of all the damage she did in this cycle. They lost big in the House of Representatives, down ballot. Pelosi's freaking out. She doesn't have the votes for speaker if they lose these two seats. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what's really going on. Don't be surprised at all if Pelosi goes along with this scam to steal this seat in Iowa too, puts that in front of that House committee, dominated by Democrats, and just gives the seat to the Republican, to the Democrat, excuse me, despite the fact that the Republican won. Because she needs, she may lose the speakership by one or two votes. She needs these two Democrats. I wonder if there were any kind of, if there's any wheeling and dealing going, no, no, that never, never happens. I'm, I'm just wondering. Ah, uh-huh, maybe you'll get my vote. By the way, not to add layers onto this layer cake of stupid. Who is the Democrat lawyer fighting for this to happen? This theft in this House committee of a seat the Democrats lost, which they need to get Pelosi in there again. What if I told you it was Mark Elias? Who the hell is Mark Elias? You know, the Perkins Coie lawyer who hired Fusion GPS to create the fake, phony PP tape dossier? Same guy. What if I told you that? Would you be like, that's crazy talk? You might, but unfortunately, it's not crazy talk. It's actually real. The PP guy, lawyer, is the lawyer on this case, too. You like that? Lightning quick hand speed, Napoleon Dynamite style? Flip over to page two. By the way, Paula wanted me to remind you of something. And I always, if I don't, I'll get in a lot of trouble. If you are looking for any of these gifts for the holidays with Raycon, Ducan, and whatever it may be, we do have a sponsor page on our website with all the links, the promo codes. Save yourself a ton of money. There's a Omaha Steaks. There's a number of great gift ideas there. The spot, what's the, what is it? Bongino.com slash sponsors. Bongino.com slash sponsors. All the promo codes are there. Paula updates it. She does great work. So she asked me and she is my wife and all that matters. So I said, I have to do it. Bongino.com slash sponsors. You can find all of our terrific sponsors. Great gift ideas there. Let me get to my last sponsor. Um, and then I want to cover this story about uh, Johnny B, Johnny Boombots, Johnny Brennan lying again. Um, Chris Wallace, I'm um, not challenging him at all, which was quite bizarre. I know, I, 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 I know I'm, I don't, I don't get that. Very sorry. Um, and we're going to just completely discredit John Brennan. Well, he did it to himself. We're just going to highlight it. Our last sponsor today, our friends, you hear them every day in the beginning of the show. Our friends at ExpressVPN. Folks, listen, you got to cover your tracks online. You got people. The reason I got involved candidly with Parlor I hate data mining. I don't want my data. You know, when, when a product is free, ladies and gentlemen, I can't warn you about this enough. You're the product. Nothing's free. You're being sold. I don't like people mining my online activity. That's how I don't use sponsors that I I can't back their products. That's why I go with ExpressVPN and I always have. And that's why they open my show every day. When you anonymize your connection to the internet, you can surf the internet freely without wondering who's getting a hold of your search history, what you're looking at, what they'll do with the information, who they're selling it to. You want the government reading over your shoulder every time you go online? I don't. There's never been a more important time to protect your internet activity. That's why I urge you to go and get ExpressVPN. When you search for something online, watch a video, click a link. It's all tracked by these big tech companies. They're selling you. 
They match your activity to your true identity using your device's unique IP. When you use ExpressVPN, the companies, they can't see the IP address at all. The identity that is anonymous, it goes to a secure VPN server. My data is encrypted for maximum protection. And besides hiding my internet activity, what I like most about ExpressVPN is how easy it is to use. I freely tell you, I'm not the most tech savvy guy. Paula is. I don't need to be because you just download the app on your phone and a computer. You tap one button and you're protected. It's really that simple. Stop giving your data to big tech and the government. Defend your online rights today and surf the web in peace with the VPN we trust here for online protection. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino and get three extra months for free. Again, that's expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Go right now to learn more. Okay. So getting back to the show. Um, I was watching this yesterday. And I just got annoyed because I'm, you know, really tired of interviewers who come into interviews either unprepared or unwilling to ask hard questions. If you're going to do an interview and claim it's a news interview, then ask the hard questions. I'm really sorry. So John Brennan, Lion John, Johnny Bag of Donuts, appeared on Chris Wallace's show on Fox yesterday. And he was asked this question by Wallace and just, I mean, I don't know how any, any easy way to say it. Let me just get to it. He just lied. This guy is an unrepentant, slime bag liar and a disgrace to humankind. He keeps repeating this myth that the Trump campaign was not spied on during spy game. Listen to this moron just lie. And he's not even like sweating about it. He's probably like, Ugh, just play it. As I said, you both accused each other of treason. What do you think of Attorney General Barr extending the the Durham investigation into the Obama administration, the FBI, the intelligence community, extending that investigation well into 2021. Uh, I think that is fine. I have no problems with it. I, I do uh, believe that John Durham is going to carry out his responsibilities um, ably and uh, hopefully not with any type of political influence. I sat down for eight hours with John Durham and his team answering all his questions. And so looking back at 2016, were there some mistakes made in terms of the FISA applications, other types of things? Yes, apparently there were. But that doesn't mean that there was criminal intent and there was no spying on Donald Trump's campaign. And it's very clear from Robert Mueller's investigation that there were a lot of activities that I think were very unprincipled, unethical. And it'll be up to individuals in the future to determine whether or not there was any criminal activity that took place during that time. You know, folks, during my time as a federal investigator and a local police officer, I interviewed a lot of bad guys. And one of the unique experiences I had is I worked on this, they called it IONOCTIF, which is perhaps the worst acronym ever. Uh, it's not even IONOCTIF. The, was it Intra-Agency Nigerian Organized Crime Task Force? I, and I, we, then I think they changed it to Watif, West African Task Force. We had, everything was like, had to be PC, of course, too. But this is my time when I was with the, when I was, uh, with the Secret Service, right? And one of the things that we would do is we would investigate these. They would typically originate from Nigeria, these scams. I'm a prince from a, you've all seen the emails. I'm a prince from a foreign oh, yeah. country, Joe. I got a hundred million dollars. I need to launder it. Give me your bank account. You'd be stunned how many people <laughs> yeah. would give them their bank account numbers. One of the most remarkable things about the perpetrators of these crimes is sometimes we would nail them very rarely, but they'd come over to the United States for some stupid reason. 
um, and we'd catch them. There was this one guy, I'm not going to use his name, but it's a public case, but I, I, you know, the guy's first name changed every time. But Paula knows the truth. The guy, we never knew what his first name was because every time you interviewed him, he'd say it was a different first name. The joke about this guy was, how did you know he was lying? Because his lips were moving. But he was the most convincing liar you have ever seen in your life. I, I, I never, obviously never fell for one of these scams, but I can totally see how this guy scammed thousands of people out of millions of dollars. I'm not kidding. Like he was really, he was devious. He was evil, but he was not stupid. He had the social intelligence of some of the, some of the, probably the greatest businessmen in the world. Evil human being ripped off millions of dollars from people. But man, could he read people like I've never seen. He could lie to you to your face and you knew he was lying. And it was still a part of your brain that said, wait, is he telling me the truth? Even his first name. You'd be like, wait, you told me your first name was that last time. No, no, it's really this. And you, you'd want to believe him. You mean, well, you knew he was. John Brennan, I, I, I hate to tell you this. Our former CIA director reminds me of that guy. An unrepented, just brutal liar who doesn't seem at all. He, he, when you listen to him, you're like, they, we didn't spy on the, we know the spies' names. Azra Turk was an FBI employee who worked to spy on George Papadopoulos in the Trump campaign. We have her name. Of course, it's a fake name, but we know that that name was used for this person who really existed. We know Stefan Halper has connections to the intelligence community, was paid by the FBI, and was reporting on the Trump campaign. To the FBI, we, we would call that spying. Now, you may say, well, it wasn't really an investigation into the Trump campaign. No, no, it was. Here's Jim Comey's testimony, you know, sworn right hand up in front of Congress. I had to highlight this for the liberals listening. Uh, Jim Comey talking about his investigation into Russian government interference, where he says that includes uh, investigating the nature of any links between individuals associated with the Trump campaign and the Russian government. So you can stick that in your pipe and smoke it. You're lying there, too. So there was a spy, two of them who worked with the FBI, who spied on members of the Trump campaign, we know, Carter Page and George Papadopoulos, because we know it happened and everybody admitted to it. And we know Comey has acknowledged that his investigation was into the Trump campaign. And yet Brennan goes on TV with no concern for his personal dignity at all and says, no, no, we didn't spy on them. And idiots believe it. I mean, it's just staggering. The, the cojones on this guy. And Wallace says nothing to him. Just lets it go. I mean, it's just staggering. One more point this weekend. One more point that came out and we'll have to wrap up because I have a couple more. I'm going to have to get to them tomorrow. I got some economic stuff I got firing out this week. It's good stuff though, I promise you. But one final point, debunking stupid liberal nonsense like Brennan because your liberal friends still believe this. They still trot out the talking point. There is no evidence of political bias in the spying operation on the Trump team and the campaign that we know happened. There's no evidence of political bias. Really? One, that's totally not true. Michael Horowitz has never said that. But secondly, here's now these, uh, this is the uh, charging document for the FBI lawyer that pled guilty to lying about Carter Page being a source for the Russian government. Here it is right there in the document. Again, refuting the stupid liberal talking point. There's no evidence of political motivation. <laughs> here's the charging document, folks. And I quote from the U.S. government prosecutors. 
Indeed, it is plausible that him, they're talking about Kleinsmith, the FBI lawyer, that his strong political views and or personal dislike of President Trump made him more willing to engage in the fraudulent and unethical conduct to which he has pled guilty. Joe, did you read that like I read that? Because yeah. that sounds awfully like they're indicating it's a strong possibility that political bias led to some of the circumstances in the spying operation on the Trump team. I'm just throwing that yeah. out there, folks, because your liberal friends are really stupid and they lie to you all the time. We didn't spy on the Trump campaign. We actually have the spies' names. We have their payment records. We have people in the Trump campaign admitting they were the subject of a spying operation. We have Jim Comey admitting they were investigating the Trump campaign while spying on them. And we now have a U.S. government prosecutor Durham in a sworn statement of offense against an FBI lawyer saying it's it's a high likelihood that this guy's political bias was the reason for doing it. Did you guys catch that hum? The landscape dude was outside. Did that come over at all? Yeah, a little bit. Did you, you did? Joe heard it. Joe heard yeah. it. Paul did not hear it. Joe heard it. But sorry about that. We're going to ah. leave that in there because yeah. it adds to the ambiance of the show. All right, folks. I got a lot more tomorrow. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't get to Warnock. I may get a little bit on Warnock and some good, solid, strong stuff about a warning. They're pumping this multiplier crap up our cabooses again. This thing is nonsense. Talk about that tomorrow, and hopefully I'll get to some of my Obama economy stuff. This week's going to be a loaded show. Got a lot more to go. Again, if you want um, information on our sponsors, Bongino.com slash sponsors. Check that out. And please, we are about to pass, thanks to you, shockingly, in only three months, the same number of subscribers on Rumble that we have on YouTube, despite having the YouTube page open since 2013. Amazing what happens to conservatives when you don't censor their content. Please subscribe, rumble.com slash Bongino. We were only 10,000 subscribers away from passing our YouTube base in only three months. Amazing. Rumble.com slash Bongino. It's all free. Watch the video of the show there. Thanks for tuning in. See you tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.